Welcome to the podcast. In this week's episode, we're speaking with founder and CEO of Life Metrics, David Gorski. David has come up with an app. It's called Best Self, and it takes an interesting approach to allowing you to get some visibility into the things that you do throughout your day that have a positive or a negative impact. And it does this by posing questions to you throughout the day. I've been using the app for a couple of days now. I think it's fascinating. I think it's a great use of the technology. So we spent some time with David talking about how he came up with this idea and how he's leveraging MongoDB and MongoDB Atlas to to help him in his journey to bring this to the public. So I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to the MongoDB Podcast. MongoDB Podcast. Exploring the world of software development, data, and all things MongoDB. And now your hosts, Michael Lynn and Nick Raboy. David, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you participating in the discussion. I'm really excited to learn more about, about Best Self and what you're up to. Thank you so much for having me. Wouldn't mind just give the audience a brief introduction. Who are you? Uh, as you said, I'm David Gorski. I'm a uh, actually a physics PhD student at the moment. I took a, a gap year between finishing my undergrad and my graduate program. Uh, and in that year, I've developed uh, an app in this company, Best Self. So now I'm uh, kind of getting back to my uh, PhD program. And I'm also working on uh, pursuing Best Self uh, as much as I can. Outstanding. And how did you come to the MongoDB for Startups program? I think I'm a maybe a bit unique in the uh, developer space. I'm uh, kind of a no SQL native. I learned like a tiny bit of SQL in my schooling, but almost every project I've ever done has been using no SQL. So uh, really it was a no brainer for me to pursue using a no SQL database for, for best self when I started working on it. Uh, and I've used to run my own MongoDB instances but I just found that that was a really tedious thing to do and scaling was it's pretty difficult to, to do as a one-man developer team, you know? When you start running into scaling issues, it, it's not great. Um, and so I really just looked out for what was out there on the market and uh, I came around MongoDB Atlas and uh, I used it for a while, um, you know, not even knowing there was a startup program. But as I got uh, more and more serious about Best Self and I took a, a year out of uh, everything to focus on it exclusively, uh, I uh, found out, I think, through the Segment Startup Program, they had a little deal book link in there. Uh, and so I applied, and uh, it's been a fantastic uh, journey with you guys so far. So so you went, um, so you're calling yourself, I'm going to use the term NoSQL native, is what I think you said. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you go directly into MongoDB? Was that your first NoSQL database, or did you explore others in the process as well? I explored... I think uh, it's CouchDB, um, but really, I'd say MongoDB w was always the the primary choice that I, that I had. Um, you know, it's just the most, uh, I guess, robust from from what I've seen is the most in, entrenched, most you know, well established uh, NoSQL um, database out there. Uh, I've also, uh, I'm not even sure if this qualifies as NoSQL, but back when we were starting to develop Best Self, we uh, experimented a little bit with Realm, and that was before MongoDB even uh, ended up 
uh, acquiring Realm. And so uh, we decided to, to, you know, against using Realm just because we wanted to use MongoDB, something that we're already comfortable with using. Great. And tell us a little bit about how you're using MongoDB today with Best Self. So MongoDB's running all of our data. Uh, so in the Best Self app, people generate wellness data about themselves. Uh, and then we use MongoDB to keep um, tallies of all of their self-reported scores as well as their uh, objective health metrics. And what this really allows us to do is be very uh, kind of not loose, but free with the schema. You know, if a certain kind of data type comes along, like, hey, we want to track uh, heart rate. Uh, well, now we can just put in in uh, entries uh, for heart rate. We can put in new um, fields in there that are specific to heart rate data that, say, sleep quality data wouldn't need. So it, it's, a, it's a really good uh, experience of using it that way. But we're really using it as our, uh, our primary database uh, software. And is it is it app only, or are you also bundling some type of device or hardware? So we are uh, an app right now. We're starting a hardware partners program, and we've been reaching out to uh, hardware startups and talking with them since our inception because we think that a big problem for a hardware health tracking device is the fact that, well, you want to focus on building a great wearable or a great um, you know, piece of tech, uh, but then you also have to worry about making a, a decent app because that's how people are going to interface with it. Um, and so we've really tried to make our um, infrastructure as robust as possible because we want to get into things like uh, connecting with wearables out there. We want to, we're actually working on an API so that other services can put in their own health tracking or any kind of data really so that people can get analysis of that data through our our same um, data analytics pipeline. So, in the in regards to the rest of your of your tech stack, what are you using for for Best Self uh, in its entirety? So, we have a native uh, Swift iOS app, and we're also I think our uh, our website's running on um, on Netlify. It's a it's a simple you know static website, not a lot going on at the moment. Uh, and we've actually been using uh, DigitalOcean for mm, the past year, but we're actually transitioning over to uh, Google Cloud Platform at the moment. So in terms of the tech, the actual technology, so you're using a static website uh, for your front-end site. Uh, how are you powering like your back-end? Uh, are you using um, any of the uh, drivers for MongoDB? Are you using something else? So we have a, a main uh, server that kind of wraps our entire database, and that's what our um, it exposes an API that our app communicates with, and that's all in Node.js. And we're using Mongo or uh, MongooseJS, sorry, uh, on on that server, and that's a, a really I think a great way of of using MongoDB on Node.js because it's just so much more intuitive from uh, you know just the uh, standard. Uh, Node.js perspective of a developer on there. And then we also do all of our data analytics on a, a completely separate, uh, disconnected server, uh, and that's running Python. And we're using kind of the standard packages you would expect, like, you know, pandas and um, scikit-py and numpy and things like that. 
So I have, I have a few questions. Um, so um, you said that Mongoose is more intuitive, uh, a more intuitive way to develop with Node.js and MongoDB. Is there any particular reasons uh, why you, why that is? Um, just the fact that you can deal with documents directly. Um, and it's just, you know, you can call, um, you know, a, a function and it'll return a list of basically JavaScript objects and those can, you can then just call a function on those to save them instead of having to interact with some other kind of, you know, it, it kind of hides the entire fact that you're working with, uh, a, a database connection. You're basically just manipulating, uh, documents on your, um, on your server, uh, and you don't have to worry about the the connection pool all that much or anything like that. Got it. And you mentioned uh, Python and Node. What? Why the separation there? What? Yeah. So I, I'm a I'm a JavaScript developer at heart. I love Node, uh, and I've used it for a long time. Uh, but unfortunately, it's just the the kind of data analysis that we want to do just isn't as robust in Node.js. It's it's just not there. Uh, Python is the de facto language for data analytics uh, and for good reason. You know, Pandas is really uh, a robust um, package. They also have uh, a robust implementation of TensorFlow. Um, and so if, you know, we're serious about doing uh, good data analytics. So so we want to make sure that we're using the best tools available out there. So that's why it's kind of fragmented like that. Um, you know, obviously it would be uh, fantastic to be able to uh, develop, you know, our front end, our server and our data analytics all with the same language, you know. Uh, but for the front end, it, there's just nothing that beats a native experience. And so that's why we went with Swift on iOS. Um, and Node.js is just really robust for for building out APIs, um, and I just come from from that background myself, so that's what I was just comfortable with with starting there. Uh, and then Python is really just a, a great language for data analytics. I, I'm loosely familiar with the subject, but you mentioned pandas, you mentioned TensorFlow. Are are you using those for analytics, or are you doing some kind of machine learning involved with uh, Best Self? So we're, we're doing both things. I mean, um, we're doing kind of simple correlations and regression analyses, but we're also working on uh, machine learning in almost all aspects of, of what we provide through the app. We think that, you know, we can leverage machine learning to make the experience of discovering your health and discovering important facets of your well-being just automated away by machine learning. You know, it's really a tedious process. And I think that there's no other way to really go about it besides employing machine learning to really do a lot of the heavy lifting. You know, there's a whole community of quantified self um, enthusiasts out there, uh, me being uh, among them. And I can say that it's definitely just a lot of work to go through your own data and try to identify patterns and write your own scripts to go through, you know, the different kinds of data that you have about yourself. And I think, I mean, that's just the, the de facto, like the, the first case you learn about, uh, you know, a perfect use case for machine learning. I have a follow-up question to this as well in the yeah. Python space. So uh, we, did a, we did a Python episode with MongoDB a while back. Which method of development are you using with Python to interact with MongoDB? There's, there's a few options. So right now we're just using the standard PyMongo driver. We don't really need that much you know, specialty kind of 
anything out of that. We're we're looking at transitioning to the async driver at some point, uh, but right now that's just not a priority. Big shout out to Shane and Prashant who maintain the the PyMongo driver. We had them on a recent episode. Um, so if folks are listening in and wondering about PyMongo, check out that episode. You'll you'll get to meet the folks that that actually maintain that. They're uh, they're awesome. Um, so you mentioned Swift, and I've been diving very deeply into Swift lately, both on the server side, which is uh, fascinating, server side Swift, uh, as well as for iOS. And uh, I'm finding that it is almost perfect implementation of a language because it's it's compiled, so it's it's blistering fast. It gives you all of the types that you could imagine that you could need, as well as you know prototyping and and extensions and just having a blast with that. But I'm curious, why why would you not? What are you using? Let me let me put it this way: What are you using to store data on the device? Honestly, at this moment, we're just using a really simple cache that we built out ourselves. But we're we're not storing too much on the on the device itself. Because otherwise, it would just we generate so much data that it would it would start adding up pretty quickly. There's a little product by the name of Realm that, <laughs> that <laughs> yeah uh, that we maintain that you might want to look at it. It's phenomenal for this problem space because it relieves you of the hassle of worrying about sync. So Realm Sync gives you the ability to just just kind of create the objects and modify them in code. And all of the rest is managed for you behind the scenes. Whereas in core data, I don't know if you've worked with core data. It's you. You. It's basically like operating uh, through a trash bag. You need. You <laughs> need to like. <laughs> you need to modify things and then push out your changes. And um, yeah, that can be a, a giant hassle. So yeah, we, we definitely uh, looked into using core data, but it, it was just so opaque to even get started with. It was. It was just not worth our our effort to to get into that. And then, like I mentioned, we were looking into Realm really seriously before, but we didn't want to get stuck in that ecosystem. We wanted to be able to to use something like MongoDB in our Node.js server, in our data analytics uh, Python pipeline. And so maybe the timing was like a little bit off. You know, you guys should have acquired Realm uh, a few months earlier, you know, Um, that would have changed. (laughs) So uh, I imagine that you're storing potentially sensitive information uh, in your product. Uh, with that in mind, are you, say, for example, HIPAA compliant, and how are you how are you managing that within MongoDB in your application? Yeah, we uh, we definitely think privacy is uh, not only a massive concern for people, but it's a massive concern for us. You know, we want to make sure that people feel confident and that their data is in fact safe. Um, and so we've spent a lot of time making sure that our uh, database imp- implementation is HIPAA compliant. Um, even though that's not necessarily what's required, we just want to go above and beyond so that people know that, you know, as best as you know the standards get, we're we're implementing safety, um, you know, in in everything that we do and everything that we build, so that people's data is is safe. So we are completely HIPAA compliant. Yeah. So are you making use of the field level encryption offerings that MongoDB offers, or are you doing something else to secure the data? We're we're making use of field level encryption. Yeah. We're also um, storing uh, data, uh, you, you know, no identifiable data with people's health data, uh, completely separate. And um, we just have a, a, a pseudonym to, that links the two. And so, uh, you know, a breach of one would never imply a breach of the other one and things like that. 
So this is a fascinating space and and I've seen a number of I guess wearables pop up like like Whoop is in this space and mm-hmm. uh, and and a couple of other similar products out there. How did you get involved in this? How did you get, were you just interested in this space and and started learning about it or tell us about the beginnings? Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting story. Like I mentioned, I'm actually a, a physics student, right? So it's not really what you would expect to, to be starting something like this. Um, but it all started actually when I was gifted an Apple Watch. Uh, and I was so enamored by it. It was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm like going up to everybody, check out my heart rate. Like, oh my God. Uh, and then like two weeks into it, I realized, well, this is basically useless. My heart rate last Tuesday doesn't really matter to me right now. You know, there, there's there's no point to any of this. But coming from that physics background and and doing a lot of data analytics courses and things like that, I knew that, well, there must be a lot of patterns and things in here that we can discover about ourselves that could actually be useful. So it really started from that that gifted Apple Watch. And uh, from there, I just had the idea of like, hey, well, we need to, to do something with this data. You know, it's just sitting there. Let's try to do something with it. And so that started off first as a personal project, but... Um, I then pursued the NSF's I-Corps program. I'm not sure if any of you are, are super familiar with it, but basically it's just NSF funds you to go and um, conduct customer interviews, customer discovery interviews. So we just talked to people from all walks of life, you know, well over 100 people just during those few weeks that we were part of that program. And we heard from a lot of people that they've used self-tracking apps or wellness apps before, but they just don't, they don't really... Uh, find that much value in it. You know, th- there's one story I like to tell of this woman who she got a Fitbit and she used it uh, for about a week. And then she discovered that, hey, I can actually reach my step count if I go out and eat at this one location uh, during lunch. You know, that's not even something that she thought of. Like the place that she chooses to go to lunch uh, has an effect on her health. And so she was, you know, fascinated with that. And she kept using the the, the Fitbit for a while, but after a while, she didn't really discover anything else. So what's the point of even using it? Um, but it's, it's uh, you know, th- there's a lot that we can learn. And so that's, that's really how this whole project started. And uh, I think we've developed an approach that's, you know, uh, more intuitive. And uh, we're really focusing on making sure that people get those kind of new insights all the time. And so, you know, you don't get bored of using this thing. So what's next for Best Self? Yeah, so we just launched and uh, we had a pretty small beta. Uh, we only launched it to a, to a few few kind of people that, that we knew and on a few sites. Uh, but the feedback that we got was really positive and people found that it was um, a lot more intuitive and enjoyable to use than, than a lot of the other things out there just because you have to navigate menus uh, and this is as simple as it gets, basically. You know, we use the approach of clinical psychology. It's just a simple questionnaire. I mean, it really doesn't get any simpler than that. So we use some machine learning to curate the questions for you. You get to select which questions you want to keep track of. Uh, and then you fill out a questionnaire whenever you feel like it throughout the day. Um, and so we think that this approach is really beneficial. And there's been research done, not using an app, but using just kind of regular pencil and paper technique like this. And it's found that it's been actually really uh, beneficial, particularly for students and making sure that students kind of see the connection between the actions they take and their academic and and personal well-being. So 
we've partnered with some of the faculty at Florida Atlantic University to run a pilot study of Best Self on uh, on around 5,000 students there. And uh, we're going to be analyzing how uh, the kind of daily use of Best Self uh, affects their depression, anxiety, and stress levels. So we're going to see if if the approach that faculty have developed using pencil and paper transitions well into a use of a mobile app. And we really have high hopes. I mean, uh, college students are really on their phones all the time. You know, I can I can definitely attest to that. And um, it's just a lot more convenient to be able to whip out your phone literally no matter what you're doing and just answer those questions instead of having to sit down at some point and, and really go through it. So uh, yeah, so we have that study lined up and then uh, we're looking at launching our Android version in the next year and uh, launching our API and hardware partners program also in the next year. So we have a lot of things lined up that studies the the first major milestone that we want to achieve. And we want to show more than just, you know, take our word for it. No, these are actually the results and, and this is how it can help people. How are you funding this? We've bootstrapped all the way up to this point. We're exploring the potential of, of bringing on some investors at this point. We're actually part of the... Um, Florida Atlantic uh, Tech Accelerator p- program, and uh, and so that's kind of part of it. But frankly, you know, if we could bootstrap, you know, forever, uh, that that'd be great. But obviously, bringing on some capital would help us accelerate and you know hit those milestones mm. a little quicker. What else do we need, folks out there, to know about Best Self? If there's one thing that people should take away from you know what makes Best Self different than other things on the market right now is that we're not looking at giving you a guide. You know, we're not trying to tell you how you should live your life or how, you know, what steps you have to take to reach your your best self. We're not telling you, hey, this is our diet plan, follow this thing. We're simply giving you the tools to examine it for yourself so you can see, hey, my coffee drinking is impacting my sleep or um, maybe my exercise is impacting my anxiety levels, good or bad. I mean, it, it's... The research, the research out there is really that there is no best diet for everybody. And so we're really trying to create something that just helps people discover themselves and who they are. And we think we've made something that's really unique and uh, intuitive from that perspective. How has, uh, has your research and the product itself impacted you? Yeah, I can, uh, I can say uh, some stories about me and my, my, uh, my two friends that, w- that have been using it pretty regularly. Since uh, since like the first build, you know, especially in the era of COVID, it's uh, it's really important to just keep track of, you know, how you're doing. Sometimes, you know, we get caught up in the day to day of everything, uh, especially now. It seems like we're running to a different Zoom call about every hour. So um, my one friend just, you know, he felt fine day to day, but he noticed uh, he got in a he got in a report that his happiness was, his self-reported happiness was down 16% over the last month. So something was clearly off. And it's just those kind of small moments of self-reflection that I think are really, really the, the crux of the, of the benefit there. Um, and my other friend, he found out that his uh, traffic sentiment, his, hey, there was tons of traffic, had a massive impact on how his, the rest of his day went. Uh, in fact, if he didn't have self-reported great traffic like if it wasn't completely clear he was having a shitty day (laughs) that that's that's what (laughs) was going to happen um and so just those kind of little moments that you know maybe now 
you know, when he's having a bad day, he'll reflect, okay, well, maybe it's actually just traffic was bad. Maybe I should just calm down and, you know, things, things are okay. Um, and just those kind of little, little tweaks that, you know, you don't have time to notice or it's just difficult to notice in, in, in the day to day. Wow. I think I need your product. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you can definitely feel free to check it out at uh, joinbestself.com or uh, just find it out on the uh, on the Apple App Store. Fantastic. Well, I wish you all the success in the world. It sounds like a phenomenal project. And uh, it sounds like you're doing really well from a business perspective as well. I would love to extend an offer to have you participate in our community. There's a, a special channel for startup participants, those folks that are in the startup space. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a number of questions that that um, other startup founders and CEOs will have for you to find out how you've gotten to the point where you're at now. And um, yeah, so if anybody out there is listening, is the, the community forums are open there. So anything else before we, we begin to close out? No, I don't think so. I just wanted to extend a, a big thank you to you guys. Uh, MongoDB has been a, a pleasure in terms of uh, developing, mm. but also you guys have been a, a real pleasure to to be part of your startup program. So thank you so much. That's awesome. Thanks so much. You can get more information on the startup program at mongodb.com slash startups. And uh, David, thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a question or a suggestion for the show? Visit us in the MongoDB community forums at community.mongodb.com.